Hello, you're listening to audio from First Church Butler. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit butlerfumc.com and connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at First Church Butler. So I've shared with you a couple of different times about my late brother. This is a picture of him when times were pretty good in his life. This was uh, before alcoholism took a a hold of his life. When he was like this, and life would get kind of stressful for him, before he would start turning to alcohol, he had a particular way of dealing with stressful times in his life, a a way that he kind of taught me. He would sit back and kind of fold his hands on his belly and he would close his eyes and take a couple of deep breaths and he would say, I'm going bear hunting. That was a particular reference to a place in the pine forests around Patton, Maine, a place that was a favorite of his, a place where he found peace. He would close his eyes and He would, in his mind and in his heart, he would go to that place. And he would spend some time in that place. And after a few minutes, he would come back and he would be more centered and more focused and more able to engage the stress and the challenge of whatever life happened to be for him at that moment. And he really taught me the power of going bear hunting in crazy, stressful times that might happen to be in life. and I, I, I've learned it, except that I don't go bear hunting. I go moose hunting. This is a particular favorite place of mine in the forest of southern Quebec. I've been there several different times, and God and I have had some pretty amazing conversations in this place. It's a place of peace for me. So several different times this past week, in fact, I kind of pushed back at my desk and folded my hands across my belly and took a couple of deep breaths and, and I went moose hunting. I, I calmed myself and in my mind and in my heart, I went to this place of peace. And I had some chats with the Lord in this place, centered myself a little bit, came back out, re-engaged the, the stress and the challenges, a bit more centered and a bit more I don't know if you have a place like that, do you? My my daughter says that for her, it's on the corner of her couch with a really good cup of coffee. She says the best time is when Zach, her husband, is at work and the kids are napping. She says it, it, it usually is a time when there are dishes to be done and the floor needs to be cleaned and the... The toys need to be put away, but for her, that doesn't matter. When Zach's at work and the kids are napping, she needs to sit there on the corner of her couch with a really good cup of coffee because her family's survival depends on those moments of peace. Can can, can I get a witness? You, you, You know what I'm talking about? So the word for today is peace. When we come home to Christmas, we come home 
to peace. But what does that mean for you and for me? To come home to peace. I decided we really didn't need to spend a lot of time talking about our need for peace. It's kind of like a duh, isn't it? I mean, the world needs peace. Our communities need peace. The church needs peace. Our families need peace. Our, our hearts need peace. Hence the need to go bear hunting and moose hunting and find our spot on the end of the couch with a cup of coffee. It's a duh, we need peace. I'd like to spend a little bit of time instead talking about what is it? What is peace? And how does peace change us? Where do we find it? If you type into pretty much any of the internet browsing services, what is peace? You come up with pretty much the same answer. Answers like this. Peace is not being disturbed. If you caught in the picture of, of my moose hunting spot, the, the, the water in front of that picture was virtually undisturbed, was tranquil. That's peace, not being disturbed. Peace is, is the absence of war or a time when war has come to an end. That's a definition of peace. Peace is harmony, it's wholeness, it's completeness. Some definitions say that peace is prosperity. Peace is a sense of inner stillness. Peace is tranquility. In the Hebrew and Greek world of the Bible, peace is a way of saying hello and goodbye. The Hebrew word is shalom. The Greek word is arene. They both mean essentially the same thing. Peace be with you. But in the New Testament, there's, there's something profound about what peace is that can change us if we'll let it. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to turn there. If you're using your electronic versions, we're going to read this from the New Century version of the Scriptures. It's a version that we don't touch often. But I found it to be really kind of helpful to understand what Paul is trying to communicate to us today. This is Ephesians chapter 2. Quick word or two about what we're going to read. Ephesians is a letter to the Gentile church in Asia Minor. The Gentile church. So keep that in mind as we read. This is Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. Paul says, Remember that in the past, you were without Christ. You were not citizens of Israel, and you had no part in the agreements with the promises that God made to his people. You had no hope, and you did not know God. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away from God are brought near through the blood of Christ's death. Christ himself is our peace. He made both Jewish people and those who are not Jews one people. 
They were separated as if there were a wall between them. But Christ broke down that wall of hate by giving his own body. The Jewish law had many commands and rules, but Christ ended that law. His purpose was to make the two groups of people become one new people in him, and in this way, make peace. It was also Christ's purpose to end the hatred between the two groups, to make them into one body, and to bring them back to God. Christ came and preached preached peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were near to God. Yes, it is through Christ we all have the right to come to the Father in one spirit. Wow. Friends, the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So Paul's writing to this group of churches in what then was called Asia Minor, we know it today as modern-day Turkey. Ephesians was a circular letter, so it would have been read in all of these churches and cities like what you see here on this map. It's titled the letter to the Ephesians because of all these churches that you see in these cities represented here, Ephesus was the most significant one, the most important one, so it bears that name. Now, in all of these places, there were little, little communities of Jews. There were probably synagogues in, in most of these places. But by and large, the population in these cities were Greek-speaking people and, and, and Romans. So when Paul goes to these places and starts to preach the good news of Jesus, the primary people who made up the churches in these places were, were Greek-speaking people, Gentile folks, non-Jewish people. So when Paul writes to the churches in these places, he writes to primarily non-Jewish folks. And so he says, now you were once people who were far away from the promises of God. But now you have been brought near to the promises of God. You are made one in those promises of God through this man, Jesus Christ. In fact, he makes this profound statement and says, in this one man, Jesus Christ, both Jewish people and non-Jewish people are made into one people. There is no longer now Jewish folk and non-Jewish folk. There is only a group of people who are in Christ Jesus. Bold. But there's something more significant that he says about peace. Did you catch it? Christ himself is our peace. He made both Jewish people and those who are not Jews into one people. Now let's think about what he says about peace here. Peace, he says, is a person. Hmm. Peace is not just an absence of war. Peace is not just a place where there's no disturbance like that flat, undisturbed lake. Peace is, peace is not just a place where there's wholeness and completeness and tranquility. Peace isn't just a way to say hello and goodbye. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus Christ. Now, let's unpack that for just a minute. 
peace is Jesus Christ. What that means is this. In the relationship between sinful human beings and God, peace is Jesus Christ. Any hostility that existed before between any kind of human being, Jewish people and non-Jewish people, any of the hostility that ever existed between any people and God, holy God, has been ended in this one man, Jesus Christ. Are you out there? Did you get that? Do you know what that means? It means that any hostility that has ever existed between you and God has been ended in Jesus Christ. Oh my. It means that sisters and brothers, if you will admit that there has been hostility between you and God. And if you will admit that this man, Jesus Christ, is in fact who God says he is, that he is God's son and is God's prescription to end that hostility, if you will admit those two things, then the hostility between God and you goes Away. Wow. And what replaces it? Peace. Pretty bold. Can I tell you that's true? Can I give you that good news? That's what it means. Peace is Jesus Christ. That's the boldness of what Paul is saying to you. And to me. And do you know what else it means? It means that the boldness of what the Christian church proclaims is that in the world right now, there are only two groups of people. The group of people that has accepted what I have just said. The group of people that says, you know what? There have been times where there has been hostility between me and God, I admit that, and I accept the fact that the prescription for the hostility between me and God to change that, to fix that, to use the Jans lingo, to fix that, is this man Jesus Christ. There's that group of people and the group of people that have not accepted that yet. That's the two group of groups of people that exist in the world today. That's the bold proclamation of the Christian faith. And I will preach it until I die. Thanks for that. <laughs> wow, peace is Jesus Christ. Now, let's, let's think about what else that means. Think about the relationships of your life for just a minute. If peace is Jesus Christ, then what that means is that where there is hostility 
in the relationships of your life, the prescription for peace in those relationships is Jesus Christ. The way to find peace in the relationships of your life where there is hostility is Jesus Christ. Think about what he said. I'll give you a couple of things he said. Love each other as I have loved you. How has he loved? He's been willing to give his life away. Self-sacrifice is the way of Jesus Christ's love. Hmm. What else did he say? If a person asks you to go one mile, what? Go two. That's the way of love in the ethic of Jesus Christ. What else does he say? Before you worry about the speck in your neighbor's eye, what? Deal with the plank in your own. That's the way of Jesus Christ. Those are prescriptions for, for making peace in the relationships that exist in our lives. He said something from the cross. We well, said several things from the cross, but one of the things he said from the cross was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was hanging on the cross, dying, and he said that about the people that put him there. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is a prescription for making peace in the relationships of our lives. If peace is Jesus Christ, then in the relationships of our lives, Jesus Christ is the prescription for peace. Oh, there's something else. When you and I choose to make Jesus Christ the prescription for making peace in the hostility that exists between us and God, when we admit that we have sinned and fallen short of what God wants our life to be, when we allow Jesus to heal that, here's the good news. Jesus Christ comes and makes his home in our heart. And, and you know what one of the names for Jesus Christ is? Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. So the one who comes and makes his home in our hearts is the Prince of Peace. How many of you would say that there are times in your inner personal life when your inner personal life looks a whole lot less like that nice tranquil lake in the picture that I showed you. You know what I mean? Are there times in your life when your inner personal self lacks tranquility? Where the lake is stirred up and looks a whole lot like a storm. Can I give you this good news? That when Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, lives within you, the master of the waves and the wind lives within you, peace is Jesus Christ. You never have to battle the storms of your life by yourself when Jesus Christ lives in you. Now, does that mean that it's, you, can, 
you can just kind of sail through every storm without even worrying about it and that you are all good. Does it mean you can wake up in the morning and face the storm and say, it's going to be a good day? Well, no. It's hard. Life is hard. Storms aren't fun. And they can, they can drag us down. I get that. Jesus gets that. Because he's as human as you and I. But here's the difference. Jesus conquered the storm. And the one who conquered the storm is the one who lives in you and says, we'll get through this together. I have the power. Peace is Jesus Christ. Peace for the hostility that exists between you and God. Peace where there is hostility in all of your relationships. Peace when there is no peace inside. Peace is Jesus Christ. And that is the peace that we come home to at Christmas. He is the gift of God. That's what absolutely astounds me. It astounds me that the one who has been the most injured in this hostility between sinful human beings and, God, and the holy God, the one who has been most injured, God himself, is the one who chooses to end the hostility. Isn't that amazing? God is the one who chooses to end it, and he doesn't end it with wrath. It's like God says, you know what, the only thing that wrath gets you is more wrath. How many of you know that in your own life? The only thing that anger gets you is more anger. Like God knows that. The only thing that wrath is going to get you is more wrath. And so what does God do? God chooses to suffer out of love. And what does that suffering do? It melts cold hearts. And it brings healing to wounds. And it helps people to see the power of love to change life. I want to give you a piece of good news. Jesus Christ is peace for you. Are you out there or have I put you to sleep? Jesus Christ is peace for you. Now, I want you to do something with that. I want you to say to yourself, Jesus Christ is peace for me. Jesus Christ is peace for me. Speak that into all of the places in your life right now where there is no peace. Jesus Christ is peace for me. He is. He sets you right with God. If you're not right with God tonight, whether you're today, whether you're in this space or whether you're listening to me online, if something about your relationship with God is not right, Jesus Christ will set you right. He will set you right. Admit that it's not right. 
and accept what God has done in Jesus Christ to make you right. If in your relationships this morning, somewhere, there is a lack of peace, my challenge to you is to look to Jesus Christ and listen to what He says about making peace in those relationships. Because Jesus Christ is peace for you. And know in the places in your heart where there is turmoil and lack of tranquility, where there is storminess. <laughs> know that the one who lives in you, hallelujah, is master of the storm. He is peace for you. Where do you need to hear that this morning? Jesus Christ is peace. Let me show you my favorite Christmas picture. Are you ready? It's my favorite Christmas picture. So, I'm not sure where this happened, but there was a stray dog who was cold and looking for a comfortable, protected place out of the wind to spend the night. So he found this manger scene in front of a church. And inside this, this cradle was a spotlight that was kind of giving light to the baby Jesus. And so this German shepherd <clears throat> dog crawled up inside the cradle and fell asleep. All of the passersby decided that it would just be wrong to move this dog and just let the dog stay there the night. Next morning, some folks from the local animal shelter came and rescued the dog, and a few days later, there was a family in the local community that adopted this abandoned dog and gave the dog a forever home. I don't know about you, but that, that picture just, just screams peace to me. It just shouts peace to me. And I need to look at it and remember that it's not a bad thing sometimes to go moose hunting. It's okay to go moose hunting once in a while. But when life gets really crazy and stressful, this is where I need to go to. I, I, need, I need to find my way into the arms and the embrace of Jesus Christ, who is and will always be peace for me. How about you? <laughs>